Welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create a six-figure MFR practice. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Not only have I been practicing MFR for 11 years, I'm also a life and business coach, especially for MFR therapists. My goal is for you to understand how to get fully booked, how to talk to your clients, and how to make sure they understand what's possible for them with MFR treatment. I'm here to help you stop under earning, overworking, and burning out. I'll lend support so you can create the MFR practice you've always wanted. Learn how you can do it too, even if you live in a tiny town, and even if you're just starting out, and even if you've ran your practice for years. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. I am joined today by my podcast manager, Colette McKenzie, and I thought it would be fun to start to kind of interview all of the people that are on my team so you guys can get a sneak peek into behind the scenes of what happens, like how do we create this podcast every week? How do we um, create all of the emails, all the content, like everything that comes out? So one by one, I'm going to be interviewing every member of my team, but I wanted to take it back to the OG, which is Colette McKenzie. She was the very first team member I ever hired. and. We've been working together the longest. We're almost ready. Like when this comes out, it'll probably be near our two-year podcast anniversary. So welcome to the podcast, Colette. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Heather. I am so excited to be there. I am looking forward to hearing this entire series. It'll be fun to just see how all the pieces go together. I am just one branch of the entire tree, but I can't wait to see how everyone comes together and make this magic that you have going on here. Yeah, thanks. Well, I think it started back when you were recommended to me, I think by Jennifer Dett Brown, right? Yes. And her mm-hmm. podcast, Stop Dieting Forever. Um, so Jennifer and I went to life coach school together. I love her podcast, love the aesthetic of it. And then I was like, I wonder if I could have a podcast. And from the minute I interviewed you and we, you know, decided to work together, you were always like, yes, you can create this. Yes, it's easy. This is what it looks like. And you made it super simple for me, like from the beginning, you know, launch to just going forward. So it's been like a dream for me, from my side of things. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy that's your experience because that is my goal. I, I aim to be a one-stop shop. I just want you to record and hand it over and your business just grow from there while you focus on everything else that's revenue generating. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that's your experience. Yeah, it's been awesome. It is such a relief to be able to just have an idea, record it and like send it off to you and then know that the finished product is going to help somebody on the other end and people are going to get everything out of it that I intended, which is super fun. Cause sometimes when I start with an idea, I'm like, I have no idea if I even make sense. And I feel like you always make it make sense as the finished product. It always comes together, no matter how crazy of an idea it was or how much I was like, I'm just having shower thoughts again. <laughs> Here they are. <laughs> Yes. And the reason because before that is because honestly, in a sense, I'm sort of your ideal client. I don't have an MFR business, but I do have a business and you're helping MFR therapists build out and operate a successful thriving business. And so a lot of the information that you're putting out there, I have been able to use it and interpret it in what I'm doing too. So this is why it's so great when I listen, I'm able to basically reverberate what it is that I'm getting from that information. And once you review it, you're like, yep, that's what I meant to say. So it's like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So tell us more, like you out of anyone, probably, I mean, maybe my listeners listen to episodes multiple times, but how 
much do you listen to an episode and like how, how intimate are you with that content before they ever hear it on the podcast? So on average, I'm listening to each episode at least three times. So Mm. I get the raw file from you and I'm listening to it just so I can get a sense of what's going on. I try to write the show notes first when it's like fresh and it's my first time listening. So I listen, I kind of jot down the show notes. I'm currently working with an editor. So now I've offsourced that to him. He gets it edited. Once it comes back to me, I'm listening again. One, to double check his editing too, to make sure I still feel the same (laughs) as I did the first time I listened. And the show notes are as clear and accurate as they can be. And that the the clients that you're trying to reach will interpret the information and it'll be useful for them. And it's, you know, easy to understand because though people who are consistently listening will just go directly to the play button. But if you have a new listener, they may want to read the show notes first to make sure that it makes sense. The other thing I'm checking with that too, is I'm making sure that I'm throwing in words in there. So as people are searching for you just on Google, that those words will pop up. So they may just search for that one word and you'll pop up and they'll go find the podcast and listen that way. And then I try to listen to it again right before I go ahead and publish it just to make sure, okay, this is the right episode, the right number, the right date I'm publishing it, everything's mm-hmm. perfect. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it goes to show like we've had very few mistakes. Like there's been some like funny things here and there, right? Oh, I think yes. I usually it's my end. Like I've missed, I've like turned in like misspelled names, but a lot of the time, like you catch it before it ever goes out. I think we had one that went all the way out and got published. And then I was like, oh shoot, I spelled that name wrong. But like for out of a hundred episodes to have that only happen one time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we had like a funny edit once where like, I was like, oh, take that out. And it like, yes, (laughs) that sometimes happened because I listen too much. So then Mm -hmm. I kind of, my brain is like, oh, she's going to say this next. And I totally miss. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I actually kind of like love that because it just shows that like we're human beings and it's humans on the other end of this microphone, on the other end of your microphone, on the other end of the keyboard, on the other end of the headphones that are like, translating hours and hours of speaking into, you know, like a 45 minute podcast. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes like in the beginning, I think I used to, to probably have a lot more edits, right? Like where I'd say something and then mess it up and then be like, Oh wait, just a minute, pause, take that out. Start again. I'd lose my train of thought. I, you know, and you have to piece all that together. It's I do. (laughs) And it takes long. It's it's, the editing is probably the longest part of podcast Mm -hmm. production. And that's why I I reached out to get some help with that part of it. Mm -hmm. But you have gotten so much better. I can tell you're way more comfortable with the content and the mic and the audience. So you just get on here and you're just like flowing now. So the process has gotten a lot easier. I find as people get more comfortable being behind the mic and Mm -hmm. identifying with who they're speaking to and getting feedback and reviews and likes. So they know, okay, I'm on the right track and the Mm -hmm. comfort level just shows up from there. Yeah. I used to be super awkward. I think I always sent you like the video instead of the audio, which had to be really funny to watch in the beginning. (laughs) Like I didn't even know the difference between the video and the audio files that I would download. Yeah, I, w- I didn't well, know how to set up my mic. And I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I also like used to not write anything out before. And I'm back to like, not always having it scripted out, but for a while there, like I would write the whole show ahead of time. Yes. And then I remember we had a conversation about that. I was like, I listened and I got the point, but <laughs> yeah. if you could at least have bullets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause I think yeah. I, sometimes my train of thought is just like all over the place and I'm, I'm not even sure what I'm going to talk about. 
which I'm glad that I let myself have the freedom to be kind of messy until I got better at it. Yes. And no one's ever been like, oh, your pacho or your podcast is like really shitty. (laughs) Nobody nobody has said that so far. So I think it's great to do that for some episodes because the audience really gets a sense of your personality. Mm -hmm. Like this is just me rambling and throwing ideas off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's still valuable, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's good to do that. It's good to have episodes that are not always perfect and structured. Yeah. And here's the thing, like if I have a thought and I feel like it's going to be helpful for the audience and I can, and I only have the time to come and just like spill out whatever I'm thinking about, I feel like there's much more value in that than not doing it and possibly never having that thought again and never being able to share it again. So absolutely. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. So I just appreciate too, that like you are willing to put together whatever show I end up sending in. Right. Yes. Regardless of if it makes sense to you or not, like it, at the end of the day, I think it makes sense to the audience members. And it's just nice to have that like artistic freedom, I guess I would call it. And you're not over there like this is dumb. <laughs> or if you are, you're keeping it to yourself. <laughs> yes. No, I've never had that experience with your content at all. That has never been my experience with your content. Like I said, there were times when I was like, okay, we need to get to the point a little bit. And we've had Mm -hmm. those conversations. That's Mm -hmm. when you started scripting a bit more. Mm -hmm. But like you said, now you're back to not doing that because your comfort level is there. So although Mm -hmm. you're not scripting, you're hitting the points and getting to the point and the audience is walking away with value quicker than you were previously. So yeah, I would definitely always tell you because making sure your podcast is successful is my responsibility also. So if I'm listening and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't get this. What is Heather talking about? I'm definitely going to tell you, hey, yeah, maybe we should do another episode this week or you want to re-record it here. Here's what I think you should put in there to yeah. make it more clear. So yeah, you, I will definitely tell you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Okay, so you were talking about how, because this podcast is a business podcast, you've been able to take some of the episodes you've listened to and- incorporate it into how you run your business. Like, do you want to elaborate on that? Like what has been the most helpful or surprising thing that you've learned on the podcast that you've been able to integrate into your business? Yes. So I would say the number one thing is about raising rates, right? So you've done several episodes on this. And I remember in 2021, December, I was at a point where I knew I was undercharging but I was terrified to raise my rates because I was like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to leave. And then I don't even have a business anymore. Like, what's the whole point? And that it was just weighing really heavy on me. And it got to the point where I decided, okay, I'm just going to shut everything down. I'm going to quit. I'm going to give notice. Like, so everyone is able to, you know, find other help and I'm just going to move on. Maybe I'll go drive Uber or do something else. Like, I don't know. (laughs) And I think you did a series. Maybe it was a series because I remember I felt like every week I was editing, you kept talking about raising these rates. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Heather keeps preaching to me. (laughs) I need to just do this. Like, clearly this is my sign. This is what I need to do. I've been thinking about it. I've been hesitant and Heather keeps talking about it. And you gave really good insights for me of how to handle the emotions from it. So I did thought work around it Mm. prior. And then I just came to the conclusion like, okay, You are terrified to raise your rate because everyone will leave and you won't have a business, but you're about to throw the entire business away and you won't have a business. So how about you just raise your rate, sit in the feelings and then see what happens. And I did. I drafted an email. I sent it out to all my clients and I remember sitting on the couch with my blanket, like, okay, let me go comfort myself now. Mm -hmm. And 
I did that. For, I probably sat there for like 30 minutes and I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. I already said I had a plan B. Let me go move on and figure out what's next. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, let me check my emails, see what's going on. And I think every single client replied within 20 minutes. And it was like about time. You are charging way too low. Please sign me up for your highest package. And I was just mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I think I sent you one of those. I was like, yeah, you You absolutely did. And I was like, what's going on right now? So that moment was just like a mix of emotion. I was so relieved, so excited, but still like shaking, like, oh my gosh, my value became so apparent in that moment. And I was just so grateful that I was able to edit the episode and it kept repeating in my head. And I felt empowered enough to say, you know what? It'll be okay. It'll be okay at the end of this decision just make the decision and move forward. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm so happy that that helped you. And I think, you know, my clients experience this. I experience this, like I just went through a rate increase and it's so easy to just believe that you're going to burn your business down, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. scary and what if, but like, what if that rate increase allows you to stay in business? It allows you to offer even better value to your clients, better results to your clients. And it keeps you from having to quit. Like it keeps you from having to work harder, like all these things that are going to create burnout. It's just, it's amazing what a simple rate increase can do for you on the positive side of things outside of just the the money part of it. Yes. And also how it allows your clients to be transformed as well, right? Like for me, it was like really recommitting to the value of my podcast and- most of my business, it's been the the highest expense that I've had, but it's like most of my clients come through the podcast. So most of the people that buy from me do buy after being a long-term listener, sometimes for, you know, six to 12 months before they ever purchase from me, which is totally fine and amazing. And so why wouldn't I continue to have that be an investment for my business. And I think for anyone else that hires you to do the podcasting, it's like, it's such a good investment. Like the return on investment is huge. Absolutely. Yes. That's the thing about podcasting. It's not a quick fix. It's not a gamut. Like you literally have to put the content out there, be consistent, but people get to know you so much more intimately because you're there. You're basically in their ear every week, Mm -hmm. right? Like they're taking you on their run, their walk while they're cleaning their home. And yes, it takes a bit longer for them to maybe purchase because you're not using the catchy marketing phrases that's like, oh my gosh, let me go get it because, you know, the panic. Yeah, there's no FOMO. Like, hopefully, that's not how I like to sell. (laughs) Right, there isn't. That's that's what podcasting is meant to be. It's meant to to create relationships just Mm -hmm. with someone spending their time listening to you. And there will be a return on investment for sure, but it does take time. It takes consistency. Mm-hmm. But those clients are usually clients that will refer people. Yeah. They will stick around because while they're listening, they're getting such value. They're putting it in place. They're seeing results from that before they even work with you. So once they start working with you, it's like, you know, the perfect storm after that. Yeah. Well, I would say my very best clients, the clients that are the most coachable, that get the best results, come as a result of listening to the podcast for quite a while before they come for coaching. And so like, they kind of understand how I work. They understand what's involved. They understand what's expected. They have better transformations than even people that come from another client referring, right? Cause mm-hmm. I've had some people buy at the last minute or they asked to get in last minute and then they ask for their money back. Cause they actually didn't know what they were buying. They didn't know that they could just 
they thought they could just pay money and have a transformation. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, like paying me money doesn't entitle you to the transformation. The transformation happens when you understand exactly what you want. And then you take the action to get it, even while you feel incredibly uncomfortable, right? Like raising your rates. And you allow yourself to be coached through that so that you can withstand any feeling that you're going to have during that process. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that. Yeah. I can definitely see that because they're learning your brand. They're learning your voice. I'm sure those discover calls are way different than someone who just saw a Facebook ad or something. Those conversations, I can imagine they're saying terms that you would say. They're Mm -hmm. bringing up things they heard you say on the podcast. They're Mm -hmm. putting their scenario in it. And the conversation is more valuable that way, I think, as well. And it's easier for them to make the decision. Yeah. And now I don't even do intake calls anymore. I don't do what is possible calls anymore. It's all like every sale comes through the podcast, you know, or raise your rate bootcamp, like something I've done live, which is all advertised on the podcast. Mm-hmm. or overcoming objections, which was a big one. And I had 99 people sign up for overcoming objections. Wow. And I really feel like not only was my email game like on point, like I really spent a lot of time in my written communication with clients, but I had never talked for so long and so often about something. And like, it's like I created free advertising on my podcast. And I like started to use the podcast to invite people to join that. Yes. That's what it's for. Yeah. That's I never thought about for. that before though. So like every so often I'd be like, this episode is sponsored by, you know. Yep. That is absolutely what it's used for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. That's a really cool result. I've never heard of a result like that where you've completely got rid of discover calls simply mm-hmm. because you've already done so well marketing your services through the podcast. So when people show up to buy, they're just paying and you're getting started. Because especially with the client interviews you have, I'm sure people are seeing themselves in those individuals and they're like, yeah, this is for me because that sounds like what I'm going through. That's going to be the results I get. Mm -hmm. So that is so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And it helps me to scale, right? Because if I want to have 20 people in my group every time, I don't have time to do 20 sales calls to find the perfect match, right? So I'm counting on the podcast. I'm counting on my emails, my social media posts, those kinds of things. And the the free trainings or the low ticket trainings that I do to help people understand and to see in them that they're the ideal client so that they opt in, right? They're the people that have had at least three MFR seminars and they're ready to grow their business. And I want to grow my business and scale my business and be you know, my only goal is to help my clients get those results, get the six figure business, all those things and feel awesome in their business while they're doing it as much as possible. We're still going to feel crappy, but when they can hear other people doing it on the podcast and they, you know, they decide that that's for them, we don't need to add another layer in it where they have to get on a phone call with me so I can tell them that it's okay. Like I'm just telling you right now, it's okay. Like if you meet the threshold of you've had three MFR seminars, you want to start your own business and you want to eventually scale to 100k like let's do it (laughs) yeah I love it I I hadn't thought about that either so this is awesome this is good for me to know it's an additional benefit (laughs) it is an additional benefit and I think for you know for anyone that's considering starting a podcast and like possibly hiring you you know like that is the goal to be able to be in your business but not have to be so tied to your business that you're responsible for every you're still responsible for every aspect, but like the amount of hours that you actually have to work and show up, like if that can scale back so that you can spend more time creating really good content 
and create, you know, yeah, like clarifying the messages that you're giving to your clients. You know, I want to get really good, even better at teaching raise your rate boot camps. I'm about ready to like launch that again as a live program and teach it even clearer and give even better coaching on it so that there's no confusion, right? And not that there's any confusion now, but like, how do I help even more people quicker with less pain to do that? And then the overcoming objections training, like get even better at teaching that clearer and clearer and clearer. So those will be like the two things that I kind of focus on. One will be a free offer. One will be a paid offer. And they will both lead into joining group coaching. I love that. I love that. And now you have the time to do it. Yeah. Cause I'm not on 20 <laughs> calls a week trying to get everybody into my group. Like now, like the group kind of fills itself and I made a decision too, that I wanted, that was kind of part of my, while we're discussing all the back end things was one of the reasons why I raised my rate so that I can still create the amount of income that I want to, so I can keep everybody on my team and keep my back end flowing really well, but I can keep the numbers small in the group by doing that. Yes. It used to be like, oh, I need to have like 30 or 40 people in here. And I'm like, what's going to happen when we get 30 and 40 people in here and 20 of them are at 100K and 20 of them are at zero? Like what is going to be the experience? And it's a much different experience when you've got 12 or 13 people scaling to 100K and you've got eight people kind of like anywhere from starting to, you know, midway booked. Yes. It's like I can direct my attention exactly where it needs to be on each and every coaching call and give value to everyone on the call, not just whoever is in those sections, right? Because almost every coaching call like pertains to everyone in some degree, but I want to give that experience, that like boutique coaching experience for as long as possible, as long as that's financially feasible in this business. I love that. So it's more focused on the additional value you can bring, not the amount of money. Mm-hmm. that you're bringing in. I love yeah. that. Yeah. That's sort of the experience I had when I raised my rates as well, because I knew I needed to get some time back. I wanted to focus on my health. That was one of my goals for this year. So after raising my rates, I was able to, like I said, bring on an editor. I recently um, started working with a copywriter mm-hmm. and I have someone helping with transcripts now. And I'm able to go to the gym. I'm able to go to see a personal trainer and just make sure that because I'm not burnt out trying to do everything. Yeah. Everything is being done with the highest quality because each individual has just enough. We're not overwhelmed. So mm-hmm. I love it's that. definitely a great thing. Yeah. yeah. And like, and then that just helps you to add even more value to your clients because they're getting the end product that they want and they get to keep having you. You're not burning out and having to quit. Exactly. Yeah. I have lots of help now too. Like my, <laughs> I have you, I have someone that, works in my Entreport account, like full-time. It's a huge project. And I have Jackie, my online business manager, and she does everything. Like she keeps me organized. She makes sure that I know what I'm supposed to be doing and getting turned in every week so that I'm not having to remember everything. It's like, she, she gets to be like a second brain for me, which is so, so fun. (laughs) Yes. Having help is absolutely worth it. I recommend it. Like charge the right amount for the value you're giving and get help. Mm -hmm. Your sanity is worth it. For sure. Yeah. And your health is worth it too. Like I love to know that you're like, as a result of your rate increase, you're able to take better care of yourself. You're able to give yourself more freedom and time off. Mm -hmm. It's worth it. And like, so for that amount of time that you were uncomfortable raising your rate, was that worth it? Are you willing to go through that again for the result that you have now? Absolutely. In a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Rather than quitting now, 
I'm more focused on like how bad could it be to go through that bit of discomfort mm-hmm. after making that decision instead of turning and running the other way because I don't want to feel horrible or rejected or like I failed or, you know, all the things. I'm just like, it'll be okay. Yeah. So and it I will definitely be. learned that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to make it mean like, say somebody did decide not to work with you anymore. Like it doesn't actually have to be rejection. Right. Like I have this conversation with myself all the time because of what I love everybody to renew every time and never leave. Yes. And also I understand that there's no way actually physically for me to keep everybody every round. Right. And it doesn't right. have to mean there's any rejection. Right. It's like optional. I remember that from your episode <laughs> as well, because one person did say no. Mm-hmm. And I didn't give it a second thought. Mm-hmm. I think just listening to you go over that and provide scenarios, I was just like, it's okay. We were together for a season and now it's time to move on and someone else whom I can help that mm-hmm. needs my services will show up and it's yeah. been fine. Yeah. How many podcasts do you do? So currently I've just signed someone two days ago. So I'm officially at 10, which oh, was wow. a goal I had. Yeah, yeah that's huge. Was, yeah, this was a goal I had, but I think I knew I couldn't do it by mm-hmm. myself. So this is why I needed help. But now that I'm here, I'm not sure what my next goal is because it's always been, I would love to manage 10 podcasts and now I do. Mm-hmm. And the quality and effort is all seamless right now. So I'm kind of hesitant again. So I need to do some thought work around that. Yeah, like on like your capacity to expand and do more, right? Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> your team can expand. There's so many Absolutely. options. Yeah. yeah. When I look at like your podcasting page and I see some of the other people that you do their shows, I'm always like, hang on, like she does famous people's podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) So it feels fun to like have the varsity team and like have the high end podcast editor and be a part of that. I don't know. It's just good for my self-esteem, I guess. And I like, (laughs) you're so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, huh, these are, these are some heavy hitters. Like, especially like you know, like people like Jennifer Dent Brown and stuff like she has so many downloads. I remember like watching in the beginning of my podcast, you know, like it's slow to take off or whatever. Plus I have such a micro audience, like a niche audience. But that's the thing you're doing. Every time I check your downloads, I try to check once or every two weeks. And I'm always like, oh my gosh, because your niche is so small, but you're doing amazing. Yeah, it's your awesome. Marketing, your marketing is on point. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I feel like I finally really got into my groove. And like, I know when I first started out, and this is just like kind of the fun part of talking about all this behind the scenes stuff is like, when I first started out, I didn't know the power in being really definitive, like really defined in what the results for your clients are. I wasn't ready to say, I can help you make a hundred K. Like I was a little afraid of saying that. I was a little afraid of like, who do I think I am? Like, I'm going to get in trouble for doing this stuff. You know, like, I don't, I don't even know who I was then compared to who I am now. It was a totally different situation, but going through that whole process, it's the same exact process that people go through when they switch from like traditional physical therapy or traditional massage into a myofascial release business. Like it's the same thoughts. Like, who do I think I am like to charge as much who, you know, I don't even know what I'm doing. I didn't know my messaging. I think I talked down to my audience. I think I asked too many questions thinking that they would identify with the questions instead of like, now I just tell them what the problem is. <laughs> like yes. you're afraid to raise your rate. 
so you just don't do it. And that's why you're burning out and you're overwhelmed. That's why Mm -hmm. you resent your clients, right? Like the tone of everything has changed. It's just very direct. I'm not afraid to say the thing. I'm not afraid for people to be offended. I mean, of course I don't go out of my way to try to offend people, but I'm not so hesitant to offend people. And I'm not worried that people are going to reject me. I've lost friends doing this. I've had lots of friends in the MFR community that like somehow our relationship has changed from me not being a hands-on therapist, like doing this has changed our relationship. And I've had to just let some of that go and not let it mean anything about me or my ability to help people. Of course it hurts. Like no one wants to be like broken up with or whatever, but it's okay. (laughs) I'm willing to take it for the team. Yes. And you know what, Heather, the beauty of that journey, because I've seen your transformation, like as I'm listening to these episodes and I'm hearing you get really clear on who your audience is, what you're saying to them, what you can deliver to them. I just think of the person who's going to be brand new to the podcast, going back and listening to that transformation as a business owner, they're also going to think to themselves, you know what, I don't have to have it figured out all the way and it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm going to get started. Yeah, because you can totally see that transformation throughout the episodes, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So Thank to you. me, you're you're a living example to your clients and potential clients that just get started. Yeah, it's fun to have this body of work be recorded. It'll be here forever. Like, imagine my grandkids listening to this and being like, "Oh, there's my granny." Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, it's like so funny or. It's just funny to have this body of work. It's I'm very proud of it. I'm more proud of well, I'm I'm equally equal parts proud of like the book I've published, but the this podcast is really a legacy thing that I can have forever. And yeah. like I just have it now forever. It's like out in the universe. It's here to stay. It's a body of work I've created. And I think I've done this entire business where I've like had ideas and taken action maybe six months to a year before I'm ready. <laughs> Like, you know, I think I was only like, I started the MFR coach in October of 2020. And then I hired you in April of 2021 to do the podcast. Like that's October, November, December, January, February, March, April, like seven months into my business. I'm like, I'm just going to start a podcast. Like, let's go. Actually, it was a little bit before that because your anniversary is on the 22nd of March. So yeah, of March. Okay. So it had to be sometime in January, February. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) Like now in my mind, I'm like, but also like, I'm so proud of my younger self, like, and the amount of courage it took to do that. Like, and I wasn't like, I didn't have very much money coming in. You know, it was like a big commitment to commit to doing the podcast. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And a lot of like in coaching, the standard talk is like, don't hire out for anything that you could be doing yourself. But I just knew that I would get so... Yeah, I would get... Yeah, I listened to that for too long. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't, don't do it. And if you can do it and you can get the help, like do it. For my clients, like that means getting a bookkeeper, hiring a housekeeper, getting meals delivered or whatever, like anything that can make your life easier so that you can enjoy it more, even ahead of like it really making sense. Yes, I agree. That's my lived experience. Now I'm always thinking, okay. And I recently just read this book, Who Not How. Mm. So now it's even more in the front of my mind. I'm never thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to get this done? I have to fit this in. I'm always like, okay, if it's a budget thing, let's look at the budget. Mm -hmm. And now who can you get to do this? Yeah. How do I make more money? Right now. Okay. How am I going to figure this out? It's like, no, we're going to make money. And then who can do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who do I need to be to make that money? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I think that's other like another funny thing that I see happening with my clients. I don't know if this happens for you. It ha- definitely happens for me. Is like sometimes I forget that I'm gonna like make more money. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'll make money and then maybe I like have a pause. Like this time I did a whole pay in full situation, so it's like I get like a truckload of money and then there's just gonna be no money for a while coming in. But there will be a time where another truckload comes by. You know what I mean? Or like yeah. there's so many more ways you can make money. Like we can always become Uber drivers if we had to. Right. That's my go-to. <laughs> but you're right. I, I usually see the hesitation with my clients around this time. There's something about the beginning of the year and planning that out and deciding what that would look like. There's always some hesitation of, you know, do I continue? Do I not? Do I continue? Yeah. Do I not? So like what happens yeah, if you just keep that. continuing? Like I would never be like, I think I'm at over 26,000 downloads now, probably close to 27. And I remember when like, I would get two downloads a day and that would be like incredible. Be like two people listen to this. I'm like, is it just counting me? (laughs) Is it my grandma? You know, like for a while, my grandma was the only one liking any of my posts. I'm pretty sure listening to my podcast, if she knows how to do that. I feel like my sister was doing it for a while until it became boring for her because it's not something she's interested in. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And now look. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. I'm very proud of it. And I owe it to the support of you. And like, I'm also proud of myself for just being really good at hiring the right people, even when it was scary and I didn't know what I was doing, you know, like taking good referrals from people, like trusting other people's decisions to help influence my decision. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what would you say to people about working with me? Like, what's it like to work with me? Is it, am I kind of like mean? Am I ornery? Just kidding. We're you know, cut that I feel, <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. You're actually the total opposite of all those words you just said. I feel the most comfortable working with you, to be honest. It's like, I don't know. I know I'm going to get value from the episode listening to it, which is something I'm big on picking clients that I'm already interested in the content Mm -hmm. because I have to listen to the episode so much. But then when I go to write the summary and all of that, I'm never hesitant. Like, okay, is this her brand voice? Is she not going to like this word? Is she going to like this? Because that is something I have to do depending on how specific Mm -hmm. a brand is. I'm always like second guessing myself. Mm -hmm. But with you, it's like, you're already so, I'm going to, you free spirited for like a better word. It's not, you only use certain terms and you stick to this word because that's what your audience understands. It's like, you're just speaking to other humans yeah, and they're going to get it. You always give more than one example. So I know, okay, if that's the one I understood, that's the one I'm going to use to summarize. Mm-hmm. So I always just feel like I'm listening, I'm interpreting and however I would apply it and wherever I would get the most value is how I tend to summarize it. And then I go back and throw in those words that make it internet friendly. Yeah. So I feel really comfortable working on your content. Absolutely. Good. I love it. I never, let's never stop. Let's just keep going. Going. (laughs) Plus you're always ahead. You're always one or two months ahead. So it's like, I never have to wonder where Heather is, is this episode going to come out? It's just like, they're waiting Yeah, and I can get it done and it's ready and it goes Yeah, I feel like you help to set that expectation though, because I don't really think, well, and my entrepreneur person said that I am also like the most organized person she works with, which I'm going to take what you just said and what she said, like as a huge compliment, because that's not actually how I view myself out in the world. Like if you saw my house, we've got piles here and there. I'm not really good at housekeeping. I'm not super organized. I don't like to run late. So I'm usually like right on time to appointments or maybe a little bit early. 
but it has forced me to become a planner and forced me to really decide like what is going to be the most useful and the most helpful. And just taking any of that time to think things out, think about it out loud, kind of plan it has created this result, right? Of being able to be a month or two ahead in podcasts. And I have like, now I have like on our Trello board, I had to learn how to do Trello, you guys. I have a whole thing, like a list of all the possible content that I'm going to do. And now I have a lot of interviews scheduled. So we have, you know, and it's nice to do, you know, an interview podcast and then one where it's just me. And then sometimes it's lots of interviews. It just really kind of depends on what's going on. But yeah, the beauty of that is whenever you need time off, you get sick, vacation, whatever it is, you don't have to worry about it. The podcast continues your audience that is used to listening to you will know that the episode will be there. It won't be a last minute scramble because again, consistency is the name of the game for podcasting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to be consistent. Yeah. Well, and we've had times where there's been a glitch in the matrix where like the episode didn't go for like usually on apples. It's like usually an Apple problem. And like people are emailing mm-hmm. me. They're like, what's the matter? Like, are you alive? Is there an <laughs> episode exactly. coming out? And like, that's usually how we figure out that it didn't even go out. Cause maybe go it's out. like mm-hmm. six o'clock in the morning and someone's already trying, trying to listen to it. I'm like, I'm not even downloading. Yeah, I'm not even awake yet. I didn't know it didn't come out. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I have that sorted out. I actually check Apple as well. Cause they've been pretty frequent with that era. I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. Yeah. We don't like it when that happens, but it also like, isn't going to make or break us. Like that's the other, I think, cool experience with this podcast is like things are outside of our control and there's literally no reason to get all upset about it. No, yeah. You can just reroute them somewhere else. You're on like, at this point, at least 20 platforms. Yeah. Cause if you're not getting it on Apple, it's not that it's not there. It's on the Podbean. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Google. It's on Podbean. Mm-hmm. It's on Spotify, it's everywhere else. It's just Apple has been having some issues, but yeah, there's always somewhere else to reroute them that they can listen to for mm-hmm. that day until Apple gets it together. So <laughs> come on, Apple. <laughs> That's good to know. So, like for anyone that ever experiences that that listens on Apple, if you can't get the podcast that day, just go check out the Podbean site. You can just Google the MFR Coaches podcast and it'll pop up everywhere. And it'll pop up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And there's some other smaller apps as well, because mm-hmm. I specifically, I listen to all of my podcast audiobooks on CastBox. Hmm. So I don't actually go to Google or Spotify. I just go to that one place and I get audiobooks and I get podcasts all in one location. So there are other. Why do you like that the best? Because I have the mixture of the audiobooks and the podcast. So I just go to my list of subscriptions and I can just listen. I don't have to go to Apple, go to Google, go to, it's just all right there. What's it called again? Castbox. C-A-S-T. S-T. B-O-X. Okay. You're on there. I made sure. Okay. That's amazing. (laughs) I don't even know where. It's one of the smaller, it's actually just an app on cell phones. I haven't Googled myself Mm -hmm. for a long time. I should like (laughs) see what pops up. So funny. Maybe I don't (laughs) want to. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. All right. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today. I think that it's fun to just have these conversations. We'll have to, you know, we should have, when I hit a hundred thousand downloads, we should have a celebratory podcast episode like this, where we talk about it and we'll have balloons and champagne or something or Coca-Cola, whatever. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Champagne. Champagne. All right. <laughs> I'll probably have a mixed drink because champagne is like kind of, it's not sweet enough. I really like sweet drinks. So that's fine. You can have champagne. I'll have a mixed drink. It will just talk about how we got there and 
That'll be fun. And it probably won't be that long from now. Cause I feel like once we hit 25 K actually, once we hit 15, 10, 15, 20, like it's just kind of snowballing. It just picks up. Yeah. 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 It's a consistent increase. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. It'll be super fun. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being my podcast editor, being part of the varsity team, being willing to come on here and get interviewed. If people are interested in working with you, how do they find you? They can visit my website, which is my name, ColetteMcKenzie.com. It's C-O-L-L-E-T-M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E. You can also find me on Instagram at the same handle at Colette McKenzie. Awesome. All right, you guys go follow her there and visit her page. You can find out all the other podcasts that she is involved with. It's quite an extensive list. There are 10 now. We're on the way to 20. This is amazing. I love it. Let me keep me informed. (laughs) I will. I may be reaching out for coaching. Yeah. (laughs) I'm happy to coach you. I love it. Yes. All right, everybody. (laughs) We'll see you again next week on another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. My goal is to help all MFR therapists stop under earning and burning out. I have several resources available for you. Read my book, The MFR Coach's Guide to Having Your Own MFR Business, available on Amazon and at Advanced John Barnes MFR Seminars. Keep listening to the podcast. I'll always have fresh content each and every week. Join my group coaching program. Enrollment opens four times per year. We take all the information I teach and lay down the foundation for your six-figure MFR business. It's more than just raising rates, but you'll make that the hardest part. Then expand into the business owner who delivers your rate like it's just the news and who can sell MFR to anyone in any situation. I'll show you how. Get on my email list, follow me on social media at The MFR Coach, and visit my website for more information on group enrollment, themfrcoach.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.